The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Wisdom Wednesday presented by DraftKings, America's number one rated sportsbook app. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, classic journeyman, now I've got five podcasts, the Fantasy Feast podcast today with Joe Dolan will be amazing. It's Tears of Dolan running back style. You're going to want to make sure you listen to that if you play fantasy football at all. Even Money podcast, we're going to kind of brag about how well we've done over the last four years. Lay the numbers out for you as to why after you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, you should go ahead and listen to the Even Money podcast before you place your bets. Good to be back on YouTube today after a little bit of a long weekend at the beach. You can see I got some sun. It was great with the family. So Monday was audio only, but back in the home studio. That, by the way, you can see exclusive clips of the my background, everything, what my home studio looks like, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker. NFL. We will have a new spread the word winner this week. You guys know the deal there at Ross Tucker NFL at Ross Tucker pod and a new sponsor confirmation email winner. In addition to the people that are winning the ability to go against Joe Dolan and myself in the season long fantasy feast podcast league, make sure you listen to that one. So you know how to enter, but a lot has happened in the last couple of days. A lot actually in the world of college sports, college football, but it greatly affects the NFL. Thankfully, we've got an expert on the subject matter. He's Andrew Brandt. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, so Andrew, you already were and are a subject matter on all things business of sports, and you've got the podcast to prove it, the business of sports podcast, but you did something earlier this week. It's like you got ahead of the game, Andrew. You talked with someone at the heart of at least one aspect of what's going on in college sports right now on the Business of Sports podcast. Tell me about it. Yeah, Ross. Andrew Cooper, good first name. <laughs> 
He's a track athlete at Cal. He was four years at Washington State uh, and knows the whole story that you and I have talked about with Tyler Helinski, and he was very moved by that. Got his graduate degree, are now in graduate school at Cal, still running. So I kind of looked around. I thought this Pac-12 movement for listeners, viewers who haven't heard about it was pretty strong where a group of student athletes got together and made demands with Commissioner Larry Scott and got an audience. And he talks about that meeting. So Andrew is one of the leaders of this We Are United movement, which, as he'll explain, gets united with We Want to Play and Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. And they talk about their proposals, their meetings with Larry Scott and Ray Anderson, the AD at ASU, uh, and how it went. So I looked around. Who was one of these leaders? I found this kid. Uh, I look him up on Twitter. I see he follows me. (laughs) I I DM him. And all of a sudden, we have a podcast. So I encourage everyone to listen to kind of inside the student-athlete movement against the Pac-12. It's really interesting. So... Andrew, I have not had a chance to listen to it yet, and I will. And you might have already asked him this, but sort of the cynic in me, or my initial question is, what leverage does a non-revenue cross-country athlete have at all for some of the demands that they are looking to get? And I know that that wasn't where I thought we'd go with this, but just hearing that, you know, in my mind, when you initially see the Players Tribune article, you just picture it being the football and basketball players because the, they're the ones that are making so much money for the schools. How does the cross-country athlete get involved and what leverage does he have? Because not to be crass, but I feel like the school could probably take it or leave it if he wanted to participate. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a fair question. It's something I asked him and he's very humble about it. He's like, listen, not only am I a non-revenue athlete, I'm a walk-on. So he has no leverage at all. But as you suggest, he's aligned with football and basketball. And if you followed, it didn't get a lot of coverage. But this whole idea of Washington State football, where the coaches were basically saying, if you're in that movement, you're out with us. So they fought back against that. Uh, I think the coach Rolovich and uh, they kind of won out there where the athletes are now inclusive, even if they support this movement. And obviously, he was not going to get an audience with Larry Scott alone, but a lot of football and basketball players in that movement as well. And that's where they went. One of the football players designed that logo and list of demands that Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields tweeted out that the president of the United States retweeted. So that was done by a friend of his from Washington State who's an offensive lineman. So let's get into what happened yesterday with both the Big Ten and Pac-12 canceling their seasons, or at least I guess saying right now that they're going to uh, attempt to play in the spring, which to me, I got about a zillion questions about that. But just your initial thoughts, blank canvas, you know how I like to do it. I want you to take it wherever you want to go with the first two of the five Power Five conferences canceling yesterday. With the other three, still talking like they might play. Yeah, it's a seismic event in sports, the business of sports and sports in general, because of the business, because of that's my first reaction. And they've even been honest, Scott Frost for one and Penn State, I believe, that we're talking about 
a hundred million dollars. I mean, think about that for a university to forego that kind of revenue. Now they'll not have expenses, of course, so they'll make up some of that without paying. But listen to that comment, a hundred million dollars. And I just think it is a realization of a bigger problem in this country, of course, where I've tweeted this out and get a lot of response on it several times about the NFL, about that in March, April, May, June, we, me, maybe you thought we're going to get past this. <laughs> no problem in the fall. We'll be fine. And we'd be a lot better and we're not better. Of course, we're worse. And we can debate the virus and the transmission. But the fact is you've got advisors to these conferences I assume scientists, doctors, professionals saying don't. And these two conferences have listened. I kind of tweeted out somewhat facetiously last night. Do the other three power conferences, are they looking for scientists and doctors that say something else? Because now we hear this SEC is going to consult with the two conferences that canceled and say, well, what'd you find? Uh, because, you know, this haphazard feeling where some conferences feel it, I guess, safe enough, and some don't, which may be a translation for some conferences feel like the business really outweighs the health. And that's really where we are right now in this country, in business and education, where we're balancing economics versus health and safety. I frankly thought, Ross, the interests of economics would outweigh health and safety for all the Power Five conferences. And I'm a little surprised that it didn't for these two. But we'll see where we go with this for the others. I, I think college football is, you know, I want people to understand if they are rooting for college football to be on their TV, that it's more than selfish reasons, right? We shouldn't root for any sport because we're bored or because we want something to do on Saturdays. So I guess... My reaction is, what's the best interest of the staff and students? And now we wait for the other three conferences, Ross. You know, I saw your tweet about, you know, are the ACC, SEC, and Big 12 looking for different doctors? And I guess my reaction was, obviously, they already have them. I mean, I, I've seen quotes from the ACC's medical director and based on the information they have, those doctors are saying, we think it's okay. And, and you know, Andrew, it's not that dissimilar from players who get second medical opinions. One doctor says, I don't think you should play. And another doctor says, I think you're okay. I think you can, I, I think based on the information I have, my medical opinion is you can play. What I tweeted at Ross Tucker NFL, and again, Andrew's at Andrew Brandt, is that if there are a couple of conferences that end up playing, I feel like one way or the other, there's a bunch of medical experts that are going to end up getting thrown under the bus. So in other words, if they play the fall in the SEC and the ACC, and it goes well, well, then the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are going to get a lot of negative feedback. See, you should have played. You could have played. And they'll say, well, our medical directors told us it was, you know, the heart issue, myocarditis. It was it was significant. Blah, blah. 
Meanwhile, the opposite, right? If if they attempt to play and it goes very poorly, you know the ACC and SEC are going to say, hey, our medical experts said they thought it would be okay. Clearly it's not. We have to cancel the season. You know, we just follow. I mean, one way or the other, they're going to be pointing the finger at the medical experts. This is going to happen in our expertise too, the business of football with the NFL. I mean, I guess – I'm going to sort of drill down on what you just said, Ross, because I think this is really the issue to me. And if I was an NFL executive, this is what I'd be worried about. What does, quote unquote, went well mean, right? You say it went well. Well, (laughs) they're going to be positives. We know that. Um, And you mentioned the Big Ten, at least, seeing what was going on with the study about myocarditis. I think it was an Indiana lineman who had some issues. can you tolerate, as a sports executive, can you tolerate outcomes like that? And NFL, too. Can you tolerate what are considered negative outcomes? I think go well. I think we both would say go well is, yeah, we have some positives. We quarantine them. The season goes okay. Yeah, a couple stars miss some games. A, couple, a lot of down-the-line players miss games. And we're here in January, February, we're good. What if, whether college or pro, it's more than that? That player, that player still suffering. That player had to be hospitalized for two weeks. That player having heart issues. So really, I don't know the answer to this. You know, if you're a sports executive, what is goes well means And I think these presidents of the Big Ten and Pac-12 are like, we can't, whether it's legal liability or public opinion liability, we can't tolerate that. Yeah. And so a couple of things. One would be, I don't really have a strong opinion either way. And I think you can make arguments either way. I just think the arguments are more difficult when they're college student athletes as opposed to paid professionals. You know, paid professionals are getting compensated to take risk. I don't really feel like college student athletes are, which is the difference in my mind. Um, But then if they have the ability to opt out, uh, which they absolutely would have, then I don't see how they need to sign a waiver if they have the ability to opt out. The other thing I don't really understand, Andrew, you know, especially the power five, these guys, I mean, it would be the same protocols that they have in the facility like the NFL. And they get tested all the time. You know, I feel like the players and being tested so often might actually be better off playing, being in the facility, getting tested all the time than if they're just hanging out back at the dorms. I We know what college kids are like. We, we I mean – I know I have interns like intern Casey that they're going back to college. They might only have one, you know, class that's actually in person or two, but they're going to be on campus. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I guess I kind of feel like if I were a parent, I'd want my, my kid in the team facility as often as possible, as opposed to out and about on campus. And I want those testing protocols. I want everything they need to do to see if they can play so I know that they're staying safe and not back carousing or whatever else they'll be doing on campus. 
Yeah, you're bringing up a lot of personal conflict here, Ross. <laughs> I'll share it on your podcast. I have a son this time next week. I'll be taking my youngest, Max, who you know, uh, to college. And I worry, but I, I weigh all the different sides of it. And I weigh that I want him to have that freshman experience so much. He's got now two of five classes that are going to be online, but other three in person. And uh, he's looking forward to it. And and then personally, I'm going to teach starting next week in person at Villanova. That was given an option to us as faculty. Um, so I'm weighing the risk and, and I'm deciding to manage it the best way I can. No one knows if anyone's right or not. I worry about college athletes that, and this is a whole nother debate, that are really only there for the sport. Now they have to be integrated as students. Some may leave. Some may leave and go home. And I'm not sure that's the best atmosphere for them as college age students. The top ones may opt out and go train for the pros. That'll be a handful. Uh, but yes, I agree with you in terms of structure and organization. Scott Frost and James Franklin, I know, talked about that as well. But it is what it is. We're going to find out, I think, by next week over these other three conferences. Um, I'm fascinated to see what happens. So this notion about them playing in the spring, I, I really yeah. don't understand. I mean, I, I don't know how many games they would play. I mean, first of all, all the guys that are good are going to get drafted. They're not going to play in the spring. I mean, I guess the NFL could move the draft back and let them have like a six-game season maybe in the spring. But then you're going to ask those guys to immediately then play another 12-game season in the fall. I, I don't understand the playing in the spring idea really at all. No, I mean, uh, you can look at it from various angles why it doesn't make sense. Obviously, the, the stress on the bodies of players that are continuing college football to play in the spring and then the fall of 2021, the stress on the bodies of those trying to go to the pros, which would start training camp or start off-season workouts in maybe April. Um, yes, but back to the, the, the general comment. We thought in March, April, May, we'd be fine in the fall. We now, with those saying we're going to play in the spring, think we're going to be fine then. Who the heck knows? I mean, I think it's it's Pollyanna to say we can't play now, but we can play in a few months because either the virus will be gone or the vaccine or, I mean, yeah, I, I think they're just throwing that out there. I don't see how you play in the spring. Um and again, my worry, and maybe I'm as a as a failed professional athlete myself that tried for like three months, I'm worried about um, the non-revenue sports. <clears throat> We've already seen major cuts. Football will be fine, you know, but uh, especially men's non-revenue sports, like on my podcast, Andrew that was talking about, they're going to be at risk here with all this revenue loss. What about the, the fallout in terms of NFL draft prep? I mean, I guess I, I've been reading or hearing that the NFL will try to accommodate as much as they can in terms of maybe moving the draft back if they do play in the spring. I still think that's a, a pipe dream. But it's interesting because some of these guys will get a head start on draft prep. And if you're already a highly rated guy, I guess that's a good thing. But if you're a guy that needed a really good season – I mean, I don't know, maybe you try to transfer to one of these conferences. I mean, the whole thing, yeah. let's be honest, is just going to be a mess. 
Yeah, think about that transfer thing. That's going to be huge. And, you know, the other thing I think about this back to our, our NFL discussion is what is going to happen with players, all these players who are going to opt out and go to facilities. You know, someone tweeted at me last night, an interesting idea. They should have an IMG league you know, with all, with all these players expected to go there for the next six months instead of going to their campuses, the top players, I would expect several, whether it's IMG or athletes performance in Arizona or California. I mean, that's going to happen. And, uh, back, and now my sports law discussion, Ross, this three-year rule. I mean, look how many players would love to just go to NFL camp right now. And obviously they can't. There's a draft. There's a three-year rule. There's no chance. But imagine if that rule wasn't there and if there was kind of a challenge antitrust law to the draft. I mean, teams would sign up players right and left. Uh, even now, I think even in August they would. So what a, what a, we've sort of accepted this mold of football, college, play three years, go to the pros, you know, and nothing upsets that. But here we are. Um, you know my saying, there will be lawyers. There always are, and I'm quite confident they had a big say in what happened with the Big Ten and the Pac-12. Definitely do yourself a favor. Check out Andrew's podcast this week with Andrew, the Business of Sports podcast, and check him out everywhere on social media at Andrew Brandt. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, Ross. Andrew, very smart guy. Love those conversations. Speaking of smart ExpressVPN is a very smart idea. For those of you that want to be the sponsor confirmation email winner this week, or maybe a little extra something something to get in the Fantasy Feast League with me and Joe Dolan, they let you access the internet as if you're from a different country, right? So it's a virtual personal network or private network, whatever. So it's huge when you're traveling so that people can't hack your you-know-what, but there's also other value to it, like being able to get it on every device, phones, laptops, tablets, even your TV, and then you can unlock different streaming services based on where your VPN is. Like, for example, so my wife, we got one. We like How I Met Your Mother. That's Netflix Germany. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air for people that Missed that whole series. I used to love, they used to be like my favorite show. That's Netflix Australia. So there's lots of options you can go to and check out. Just fire up the ExpressVPN app. Here's how you do it. Use the link expressvpn.com slash Tucker. That's the key. You can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. So why would you not get three months of free ExpressVPN to see what it's like See if you enjoy it. Check out the shows in other countries. And then if you love it, keep it rolling. If you don't, hey, at least you tried it. It's expressvpn.com slash Tucker. Expressvpn.com slash Tucker. Tuck's Takes. Hey, Ross, let's start today with some COVID-related news. Chargers head coach Anthony Lynn revealed to the team on Hard Knocks that he had contracted the coronavirus earlier this offseason. Also, Miami Dolphins put star uh, cornerback Xavier Howard on the reserve COVID list. 
So, Anthony Lynn, that's three NFL head coaches so far. Sean Payton, Doug Peterson, and Anthony Lynn that we know of. That's 10%. I mean, it's a small sample size, but 10% of NFL head coaches have gotten it. It's interesting that that didn't leak, right? That, not, I mean, he told the players, but that that never got out. Nobody said a word to anyone anywhere, and they were able to break that news on Hard Knocks. I haven't watched Hard Knocks yet. Uh, I usually try to catch up on it, and I will. But another one, I, and I think I'm not sure this Xavier Howard is getting enough attention because it seems like, Brian, he has gotten put on this COVID list. Now, maybe remember, and this is probably intentionally genius by the NFL, that just because a guy gets put on the list doesn't mean they tested positive. It just means it could mean that they just were exposed to someone who tested positive. That's the beauty of this, because if he actually tested positive, then and, and we knew that that would be a huge concern because it's one thing for them to have a bunch of people test positive since they've come back. Right. Since they've come back from wherever they were all over the country, they did this initial testing. But if someone like Xavier Howard or anyone tests positive since they've been in the facility and since they've been practicing or whatever for nine days or whatever it is, that would be a red flag in my mind. That would be highly concerning. And now it would appear that even if they did test positive, maybe they got it somewhere else. But still, I am much more interested in the guys that test positive after the initial testing than I was in the people that tested positive during the initial round. Meanwhile, Bengals cornerback Trey Wayne's getting a second opinion on a pec injury, and Titans put defensive end Vic Beasley on the NFI list after he failed a physical upon reporting to camp. So failing a physical like Vic Beasley, that can mean a bunch of different things. And a lot of times it might just be conditioning. You know, I mean, he didn't report to camp for like over a week from when he was supposed to, right? So maybe 10 days. So maybe they're just concerned about his conditioning and they put him on that list. Yeah, I think I didn't, you know, now you only get put on NFI list if it's something that happened when you were away from the facility. I actually tore my hamstring during the conditioning test with the Buffalo Bills in 2005, which stunk. It was coming off of a back surgery. And so they put me on PUP uh, and basically said I failed the physical because the conditioning test is part of the physical. So I had failed that. But they couldn't put me on NFI because it happened while I was on team property doing the conditioning test. So I was put on PUP. But the point is, is he might not actually have an injury or an illness. He might just not be in shape or might have failed the conditioning test or whatever. The Trey Waynes is concerning because the Bengals are really counting on him to be a starting corner. They paid him a bunch of money. The Bengals don't often do that. So it says a lot, frankly, that that they did that and that they were willing to go out and spend money on Reeder and Waynes. And now he's getting this second opinion. Doesn't sound real good. Tucks takes. Let's get to some veteran transactions. First up, the Broncos sign right tackle Demar Dodson, and the Patriots sign Lamar Miller. Colts sign safety Tavon Wilson. So uh, this happens from time to time. 
you know, this time of year, right? Teams are looking to feel, you know, to, to fill voids right now, right? So the Broncos lost Jawan James to an opt-out. So with him opting out, they need a replacement at right tackle. DeMar Dotson's not as good as Jawan James, but he's a solid veteran starting right tackle. So they go ahead and they sign him. Patriots stockpile running backs like nobody does. It's unbelievable. I don't know how Lamar Miller is going to beat out Sonny Michelle, Damian Harris, James White, Rex Burkhead. Seems like a terrible place for him to sign, but who knows? And the Colts signed safety Tavon Wilson to give them a little bit of depth right there. Speaking of depth, this is something, Bri, I'm going to talk about on today's Even Money podcast. Because those of you that have downloaded the DraftKings Sportsbook app, you put the code Ross in, and maybe you're going to give it a try. Maybe your state just went legal, whatever, for the first time. Maybe you want to try some other sports. I've been telling you about this on the Even Money podcast. It's all about BetQL.co and the BetQL app. In fact, I know for a fact BetQL just acquired a tennis analytics company and a NASCAR motor racing, you know, IndyCar. Uh, what's the one over in Europe, Bry? Formula, Formula One. Formula One, right. Formula One. They, they, got, they got data for that. So they basically, BetQL is going around and buying like the foremost expert analytics sites for all of these other sports to help you, to help me. If we want to bet on these other sports or NFL, if you want to get a discount, first of all, just go check it out, BetQL app or BetQL.co. But if you want a discount, use the code ROSS20. You get 20% off your first payment at BetQL.co. Let's get to an email, Brian. Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's time to ask Ross. Email address, ross at rosstucker.com. You know it. You love it. You take advantage of any sponsor like ExpressVPN or BetQL that you've heard on this show. Ask me any question you could ever have. I love responding to them. And by the way, I respond to all of them at some point. And you might be the winner on Friday with Greg Cosell and I diving into yet another Cosell's concept. What do you got, Brian? Hey, Ross, I love the pod. I love the fact that you liked my Finish Strong Friday tweet uh, on Instagram. Uh, not sure, 100% sure if this qualifies for a question, but here it goes. Actually, I have two questions that I wanted to ask. First up, uh, a little while ago, listening to Dave Damashek's uh, podcast, and you were on it, and you said one of the reasons your legs were so big is that you would just squat while watching TV. Question, was that a dynamic uh, body squats or just variants of wall sits? That's question number one. The other question, some franchises like the Bengals and my beloved Raiders can get to a point where they are said to pay a premium to attract even mediocre free agents. We call that either the Oakland tax or the Cincinnati tax. As someone who was a free agent and went through these decisions, what is it about some bad teams that get stink on them, but not necessarily all bad teams? Why are some of the franchises seemingly moribund? Look that up. It's a big word, Ross. And not just on the radar for any free agent with a choice. Um, that is from Anthony in Heidelberg, Germany. Heidelberg, Germany. I love that. Uh, my mom 
spent a bunch of time in Germany growing up as an army brat. She had two different stints over in Germany. Okay, so wall sits. Now, knowing what I know now, Anthony, I would have been doing more body weight squats while I was watching TV, but I did wall sits. Now, I will say this, very blessed genetically when it comes to my lower body. Like you can see a picture of me when I'm like four and my quads and calves look like they're exploding off my leg. It's just a gift. Got it from my mom's side of the family, my uncle, my grandpa. And I think it's the biggest reason I was good at sports. The biggest reason why I became an NFL offensive lineman. I had a naturally gifted lower body, but then I really worked at it hard, right? Like I squatted all those things. And I've got still to this day some pretty big legs, even though I never do any weight. I do body weight squats. I ride the bike. I do the stepper, elliptical, stuff like that. Still have really big legs. As for the Oakland tax or the Cincinnati tax, you know, it's a good question. I don't think that that tax is ever as much as people indicate. I think, look, you could say the Jets have that tax, right? Like Le'Veon Bell didn't want to play for the Jets, but they they gave him the most money by a lot, and they convinced him to go there. So I think, especially for guys that are good players and have been with winning organizations, it's just hard to get them sometimes to go to lesser organizations unless it's the most money, clearly. Now, you can look at that as a tax, or you can just say that's the reality, is that lesser thought of franchise, teams that aren't as good, don't look like they're going to be winning soon, they're going to have to overpay. Whereas a team like the Patriots, if it's a tie, they're usually going to get the guy. If it's close, some of these franchises like the Eagles and Patriots or whatever, Ravens maybe, they might be able to get the guy. So, But I will say this, most of the time, the vast majority – whether there's a quote-unquote tax or not, Anthony, the guy goes to whoever gives him the most money. I mean, he just does. Unless it's the same or it's really close, the guy's going to go where they give him the most money. I'm going to go and get ready to record the Fantasy Feast podcast today with Joe Dolan. Listen, you have got to listen to Tears of Dolan. You have to. I mean, if you play any fantasy football, first of all, you should be listening to Fantasy Feast podcast anyway. Secondly, Tears of Dolan is epic, absolutely epic. Both my the new song from Carrie Underwood's keyboard player, Scott Sheriff, but also the actual content and the knowledge that Joe drops. And then we'll have John Hanson, the fantasy guru, on the other Fantasy Feast podcast this week. And then the Even Money podcast you should absolutely listen to because we've got Steve Fezzik and I going over what we've done over the last four years. As you can tell, it's the third time I mentioned it. I'm kind of excited about it. Shout-outs go to Pizza Boy Brewing, DynastyFreaks.com. We'll be back with the GC, Greg Cosell, on Friday's Ross Tucker Football Podcast. But new even money, new fantasy feast today. We'll have another new fantasy feast tomorrow. We are rolling. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.